podcast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Allison Aletha. Al, how you doing? Pretty good. I'm going to be a hardcore adult today and go to Costco. I'm kind of nervous about that, <laughs> but otherwise I'm good. <laughs> uh, good on you for being an adult, Al. We're also joined by Rod Lloyd. You know him from his recent appearances on the Omega Metroid podcast as well as also being the managing editor of Zelda Dungeon. What's up, Rod? Hi. How are, how are you on this fine day? I'm doing good. It's a sleepy October afternoon. Uh, it's no longer 110 degrees outside. Yes. So I'm not, I can't complain. <laughs> there you go. It is uh, it's Canadian Thanksgiving. To all my fellow Canadians out there, uh, happy Thanksgiving. And I uh, hope that you enjoy and get your turkey on. Uh, and we are going to get our Zelda on today because we have a lot to dive into here, gang. We, uh, you know, last week, we or I guess last two weeks, we were doing a Champions Ballad retrospective. And, uh, of course, when we got to the section featuring our old pal, Monk Maskashia. Um, Allison, I think I said to you that it was my favorite boss in the Zelda series. Is that right? You said it was the best boss in the Zelda series. And I was like, okay. I was hesitant. But then we made our the list. gauntlet was thrown. <laughs> so I uh, I threw that gauntlet, and then we thought about it, and we were like, you know what, we, you know, we we need to make this a thing. We're gonna go through, and we're gonna make a list of the best bosses in the series, and uh, that's exactly what we've done, by God. And I think that we came up with with a top ten list, but we're gonna throw out some honorable mentions. And I should just uh, I should just tell everybody. The way that this list was put together is I made a list, Allison made a list, Rod made a list, 1 to 10. So there were there were two bosses that were on all three of our lists. So those are obviously going to be number 1 and 2. There were, what was it, 8 or eight or 7 bosses, which were on two of seven. our lists. Yeah. yeah, 7 bosses. So 7 of those were on 2 of the 3 lists. So those, you know, filled out the bottom half of the list and then uh we we kind of did some some jumbling around to get that last spot but yeah so the way that it worked is like whoever was number one got 10 points whoever was number two got nine points three etc etc right on down the line we put together one master list and i think that we've come up with something pretty respectable here so uh without further ado i guess are you guys ready i'm ready let's do it lay it on me all right well first of all before we get started, I am going to go ahead and give you my honorable mentions. So these guys were on my top 10 list, but they didn't make the cut. No one else uh, liked them, I guess. So I'm, I'm just going to give them a quick bit of love. Um, the first is Stallblind from Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds. And, you know, we never give A Link Between Worlds its, its due on this show. But I, you know, it, made, it was just because I replayed it. I really, really love this boss. I thought that it was so fun. Um, the way that you you merge into the shield and then quickly get out and sneak attack him from behind and then his head's flying around and the sword. I think that this is a great fight. It's uh, It was on the lower end of my top 10 list, but still, like, you know, a, a, really, a really good fight. And to be frank, a really good fight for a 2D Zelda, which I think is, you know, just by design, kind of at a disadvantage against some of the 3D Zeldas in terms of what they can offer for a boss fight. So yeah, I thought that this one was like really, really fun and I like it a lot. And it was a great reinvention of the, the blind fight from a link to the past too. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I have a second... Uh, I have a second 2D boss fight, and this was the only other one of mine that didn't make the list. But I really enjoy the uh, the Gyogre pair from uh, the Minish Cap. I almost that, put that one on my list. <laughs> it's it's so like intense. I think is the right word for it. So this is the final this is the final boss of uh, the Palace of Winds, and you are flying on this big manta ray thing. You've got you've just got so much going on. There's there's fireballs and orbs being shot at you there's another Gyogre flying around that you have to jump over and dodge you have to get onto the tiles and you have to like turn yourself into four links and then bash the eyes in a very correct sequence it's super hard and super intense and i really like it and uh i'm i'm a little bit sad that it didn't end up making our final list but you know i'm not that sad i guess um any any honorable mentions that you guys want to get out of the way allison actually let's start with rod because allison had a ton <laughs> Um, so the first one on my, like, I also had two that were left off. The first one, uh, I put on my list solely because of the music in the presentation was, uh, Mulgara from, uh, The Wind Waker. Yeah. I like <laughs> that, uh, the music in its theme matches the, the, the actions in the boss fight itself. So you've got little worm guys, uh, that you're kind of like swatting away as you're trying to get to the mom and it's kind of. It starts very, I don't even, like, almost whimsical, almost, the musical theme. And then as the big one comes out, like, the music changes to ha- be very grand and, and sweeping. So that one was a lot of fun to me. And then... It's it's funny because Allison and I were both kind of dumping on Molina. Yeah, we were. Uh, this is a while back, and I think that we're in the minority, so it's it's good to see that there are some fans of it out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the better bosses in The Wind Waker, in my opinion. Um. But then uh, my other one, and I put this one high up on my list because I felt like it was the the tried and true uh, brought back in so many Zelda games, but Moldorm, uh, the goofy worm that bounces back and forth. I feel yeah. like like it's functionally like the perfect Zelda boss from a gameplay perspective. It's like very simple to understand. Um, it, it it makes the most of just, like, the core gameplay of your top-down Zeldas, and there's a reason why it's brought back so often. It's it's great. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, uh, he's he's a really good boss for, like, a first dungeon, and I think that's about as far as you can go with Moldorm. It's like, he he's just a little bit too simple for me. But I do respect the, uh, you know, the classic nature of, of our boy there. I had to throw out at least one of those like easy introductory bosses. It's like, you know, you have to you you can't have a game full of of final bosses. You have to have the the simpler ones to ease you in, and he's perfect for that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you're totally right. Fair um, I I think that like Goma would have been mine because that's another like pathetically easy intro boss, but that keeps I respect back. that, and and he showed up across a ton of different titles too. So yeah. Uh, he's, he's one of those nice, familiar bosses. Yeah. Uh, okay, Al, so you had, your list was by far the one that, uh, <laughs> we didn't agree on the most, so you have a bunch of honorable mentions to talk about here. Uh, I'll, I'll leave the floor to you. Okay. Well, to start off, I almost put Stallblind on my list, but I don't know, something about, something about 3D bosses just feel more, just more to me, so he didn't quite make it. But I did have, um, and this is actually like a sub-boss, but Phantom Ganon from Wind Waker. 
uh, is probably one of my favorite fights from the uh, the entire series, just because of the music portion. There's like um, what I can't remember what re uh, Corey called it. It's like reactive combat or something, where you hit the ball back at him, and the music changes, and then it gets faster and faster as you're you know playing quote unquote tennis. So I really like that, it, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, and he looks cool. Yeah, it looks he looks awesome. Um, I also have you know. Bongo Bongo, Argarok, uh, Girahim. It's just, uh, those are just some really epic fights in my opinion. I feel like Bongo Bongo's really scary. You can't see him until you're, like, put on the, I, the, um, oh gosh, I'm going to say this wrong. Lens of Lens truth. truth. Thank you. I almost said eye. Um, and then he's, like, right there, the giant red eye, and I just think that's cool. Plus him playing the drums and you kind of bouncing is awesome. Argarok is cool. You've got like this torrential storm and this giant dragon bird flying around, and you have to climb up these giant spires to get to him. I just think that's really cool. Girahim, obviously. Argarok was really cool. Yeah. I, I almost put him on my list. Same. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually surprised that he didn't he didn't quite make it to be honest. <laughs> um, say all we want about Twilight Princess, but it definitely does have really good bosses. Oh yeah, great bosses. Oh yeah. Um. Gearheim, of course, is like my favorite villain ever, so I had to have him on there. I think the third fight. Those boss fights suck, though. No, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the. Well, you know what? I, you you know my reputation. I, I I notoriously hate the motion controls, so those fi those fights never worked for me. Uh, that just makes me sad. I just feel like he's such a good villain, and it's kind of imposing when you're he... fighting him. He's a great villain. He's a fantastic villain, yeah. and I like the motion controls. I just like. I, I think that what doesn't work for me is that you fight him at the very beginning of the game. I've kind of talked about that before. Yeah. But like, I just feel like it, it takes away from the final boss fight a little bit. Um, or at least the final boss fight with Girahim. But yeah, I, I just like... I'm not a big fan of the of the idea of like you having to, to fight like the final boss a couple times in the game. Um, unless, unless it's one of those fights where like you lose, basically. Uh, Skies of Arcadia is an RPG that does that really well. You fight the final boss, Ramirez, like, three times, but the first two times are unwinnable fights. So, like, it really builds him up, and I feel like this kind of does the opposite to, to me. Yeah, because it didn't change enough. I, I thought it... I felt like it did, at least between the second and the last one. I I personally like the idea of growing with the game and that the villain is growing with you, and then you kind of have an all-out brawl at the end. So I personally like that. Um, so, but, you know, hearing what you guys had to say, I'm not surprised you didn't make it on your list. Um, my last honorable mention was Demise, which I was surprised that didn't make it because I feel like the atmosphere is so intense and so epic. You're like fighting this epitome of evil that's going to become, you know, the curse of Ganon slash Ganondorf for the rest of the series. And there's lightning everywhere and the scenery is awesome. And he's, like, very big and scary looking. I, I really like fighting him. And if you watch people who are good at fighting him, it's, like, it's intense. Like, Ashton, um, she's a streamer with us, and she just, she knows the exact combo to fight him. And it's it's incredible. Same problem as Gary him for me. I just, like, I, I, I had so much trouble playing, fighting the controls to fight that guy. I was like, no, no. <laughs> he looks great. He looks, he's a great design. Not my, not uh, my. Thing. I I almost I almost put him on my list. Actually, he was he was on the short list. If this was a top fifteen, uh, demise would have probably been there. That's, it's a great fight. But I was kind of like, 
when I was doing my list, I was also trying to kind of like Rod said, like balance, um, like it's like final epic boss fights with also just like really fun boss fights. Yeah, you know. So I I think demise was really close for me, but you know as we'll see, there are two other like final. Or actually, there's more than two. There's three other final end game bosses here that I thought were you know really memorable and really like to me they were they were just a little bit more um standout ish for lack of a better word but uh yeah no i I think that that's a that's a great pick um let's get into our list proper here uh why don't we and we'll count down the 10 top bosses in the legend of zelda series as chosen by the champions cast let's get it kicked off no top 10 list on this show is complete without some kind of minish cap representation (laughs) so here we go Number 10, Vadi from the Minish Cap. And um, I this is a really, this is a two-sequence fight. And both of them are very memorable. And the thing that sticks out to me with these fights is, like, you really have to use all of the items that you've accrued over the game to actually defeat Vadi when you're fighting him in, like, his uh, his phantom form, I guess. You have to use your gust jars to get rid of the lasers that are, that are spinning around him or the eyeball lasers. Um, you need to make use of your mole mitts in the final boss to to flip over one of Vadi's like little tentacles or whatever the heck they are. Uh, you need to split into you know you need to use the four sword in order to defeat uh, Vadi at the very end. I just it's such a really well crafted fight. It's very intricate and uh, you know to me I'm just like man this would have been just so bonkers in a 3D setting. That yeah, this was this was such a great fight. I thought. I uh this this was on my list and I totally agree. Um, the fact that it's a multi-phase boss, I, I think that gives it a lot of weight because it, there's a lot of variety in the fight itself. And like you said, you can use all these. You have to use all of your your arsenal to uh, to take him down. I also think his design in both phases is awesome. Like he just I don't know. He's like the coolest Zelda boss uh, that doesn't get a lot of love. And I also like the fact that his I guess beast form or whatever, where he's like, he looks like a, you know, giant eyeball or whatever. It's a callback to the nightmare fight from uh, Link's Awakening. Uh, very similar in its design and the way he, he operates uh, there. So I, I always like when there is a type of boss fight that returns from past games. It just shows that these bosses can stand the test of time. Um, I personally didn't put Vadi on my list because it's been a very long time since I've fought him myself, but I have watched people over the last couple of years fight him a lot, and he seems very, if I remember correctly, he was very challenging. Like, you yeah. could, it, it was, like, pretty easy to die to him, especially if you didn't have a lot of hearts. Um, I yeah. did think that the mechanics that you needed to use, like, um, specifically I'm thinking about when you multiply into your four and then he shoots those like orbs out at you and you have to hit all of them that that part always seemed like really cool to me and um like you guys said you get to use a lot of the stuff that you you know accumulated over that over the game so i'm not opposed to him being on this list i just personally didn't put him because it's it wasn't memorable enough from when i played it to be my top boss my top 10 bosses um, and that's fair, and I think that this is the last instance of 
uh, or no, I guess this isn't the last instance. There's going to be a few more instances where we didn't put them on our list, but um, yeah, I, I think that it's he looks cool. The music is cool. It's a great final culmination to you know this this saga that you've been on. Um, I thought that it really I thought that it really worked, but he he definitely finished last on our list by by quite a bit. Yeah, um, and the next I would say the next like seven games were actually like pretty close together relatively speaking maybe off by like a point or two yep so um let's keep it going here let's talk about number nine goat from legend of zelda majora's mask this is like the epitome of fun fun yeah boss fight i think it's it's just like it's so fun you're goron rolling around and you gotta ram this this big bastard and you gotta force him down um i i think that he was cheesed a little bit on the uh on the remake, it seems like it's far easier to like once he's down, you can just like wail away at that big eyeball that's sticking out. But I, I just think like the act of like chasing him around that racetrack is super fun. You have all this like these different obstacles coming down with the lightning and the boulders and like there's just like it's mayhem and it, it's it's just pure fun. Like I can't think of a better word to describe it than that. Yeah, I yeah. would agree completely. Um, I th- I would say. Like, I'm going to throw this out here, but I would say it's probably the best fight, at least, of Majora's Mask. Like, oh, yeah. the other, I would the say other so, yeah. boss fights don't really compare. And if you're fighting um, Majora's Mask with, you know, Fierce Duty Mask, then you're not, it's not very enjoyable at all because it's just quick. But, yeah, he's totally a lot of fun. I like the challenges with the more damage you do to him, the more obstacles pop up and kind of knock you over. And um, I... It's also one of the boss fights that I enjoy going back and doing because you can go back and do them if you want to go back and get the fairies or whatever you want to do. Right, yeah. Do story portions of the game. And I don't really care about doing the other ones again, but I will do Goat again over and over. So I, I can't think of another Zelda boss that's as, that you can take down in as many ways as you can Goat. Um, like, obviously, you can take him down with the Goron, which is probably the most fun way to do it. But you can also... Shoot him with arrows as he runs by. You can shoot him from a distance when he turns around with your arrows. And then, like Al said, you can fight him with the Fierce Deity Mask. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of variety there. And I feel like most Zelda bosses, it's kind of like a one-and-done type thing. You you have one way to defeat them. Um, or maybe, like, minor variety. But not as much as there is in this fight. I would agree with that. And and actually, to um, to follow up on something that you said, Al, I, I agree that this is probably the best boss fight in Majora's Mask. I, I really don't think that boss fights are very strong in that game. No. I think that they're all, like, like pretty good at best, uh, I think I would say. And, like, the, the final boss fight with, with Majora could have been really awesome. And, like, thematically it's awesome. You've got this wicked music. But yeah, it's just like once you have the the fierce deity mask, it's just a joke, and that that really kind of has the opposite effect for me, where like it just takes away from this big buildup that you've been you know gearing towards this whole game. So it's it's really cool getting the mask, but yeah, I don't know. It would have been so much more rewarding if like if Skull Kid was just like this insanely hard boss that you almost had no chance of beating without the fierce deity mask, and then once you got it. It's now like, okay, now this is a fair fight rather than it's just like, you know, you get that mask and it's it's just 
obliteration. Yeah, it's com- it's way too fast and way too. It's just too OP. I th- to the fact where I don't even remember it half the time, but I do remember yeah. goat. <laughs> yep. Well, I think that that goat is you know like I said probably the most fun boss that uh, that we're gonna have on this list. Um, let's keep it going though, and let's switch gears and let's get back to epic final confrontations. We have Ganondorf from Twilight Princess here. And so I just want to put some rules of engagement out here. When I was making this list, I kind of um, I kind of separated segments into like, am I fighting the same boss in a different form or is it like a, a completely new thing? So when I was thinking about the Ganondorf fight, I specifically was only thinking about the horseback section and the final sword section. So I was, was like, I, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Beast Ganon is its own thing. Puppet Zelda is her own thing. This is just that final two phases to me. Well, Allison, what about you? No, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think it's a um, game. So yeah, here here it is. So we and I think we talked about this fight not too long ago on uh, maybe a Twilight Princess episode. But I think that this is just like, I think the final sequence of boss fights actually in Twilight Princess is awesome. Like you you kind of you fight Zelda, which is really wicked. You make use of your wolf form, which is really wicked. You make use of your horseback skills, which has been a big theme of Twilight Princess. And then you have the final sword fight. Um, I, I think that the the horseback part can definitely be frustrating because you can fall off and like Zelda always misses <laughs> whenever you're really close. And it's just like, it can be frustrating. But man, that final segment with like that music, that music just slapping, part. the epic, like the swords clashing together and like, Oh, that is great stuff. I like it. This is such a... You know, as much as I kind of dump on Twilight Princess on this show, it knows how to do its boss battles. This was so good. It's the most epic boss fight in the Zelda series, in my opinion. Like, in just terms of presentation. Like, it felt like Lord of the Rings, like, or something. Mm, fair. <laughs> fair enough. I um I also really like that if you got all the hidden skills, there's a lot of opportunities to use them when fighting Ganondorf in that yeah. last portion. So you can, I've seen, you know, speedrunners, you know, they kill Ganondorf in like 0.25 seconds, but I personally like making it last because the music is so dang good. And, you know, it does feel like you're in a fantasy epic battle. So I, I like making it last as long as possible. I felt like he he was hard enough for me as it was. Like, I felt like that, that fight was like long and drawn out because I was having trouble like taking him down. And that felt, mm-hmm. it felt empowering to finally do it too. And he's a giant also. He's like yeah. one of the bigger end Ganondorfs and it's kind of scary. <laughs> I will never forget at uh, the 2019 Zelda Dungeon Marathon, I was the first person to play Twilight Princess because I was the worst at that game. And uh, like 11 and a half hours later, <laughs> I'm finally a Ganondorf. I have no hidden skills. I'm like completely awful. I've been playing for like... 11 and a half hours. I think I had a, a drink of whiskey at some point in there. <laughs> and I'm finally fighting Ganondorf, and I finally beat him. And it was so awesome. Um, it was just, like, such a great feeling to, like, finally be done with him. That, uh, yeah, man, I just... This fight is so cool. Uh, the music is so good. It's just, like, I love that you're just, like, battling it out in Hyrule Field. Like, this one this one feels to me just, like like, one of those, like, superhero fights where like you're fighting and like skyscrapers should be yeah. blowing up beside you or something mm-hmm. except there's nothing there it's just like such a cool such a cool vibe 
Um, and you know, I, I do like, you know, I do like the horseback part and I like how that kind of ties together. Like the, one of the big themes of twilight princess was, uh, horseback combat. So, and I like that they kind of get Zelda involved in the final fight as well. So pretty much everything about this really works for me. I think it's probably, it's, it's probably up there with, uh, you know, the best Ganondorf fights in the entire series. Do you remember that Space World video from, uh, like, the pre-GameCube one where it shows Link and Ganondorf fighting hand-to-hand? Oh, yeah. I remember when that dropped, like, my friends were like, oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. And because you didn't really get to have a, you know, man-to-man fight with Ganondorf, like, just, you know, hand-to-hand sword fight. Um, And you kind of got that in Wind Waker, but it wasn't the same as that video. Um, right. the, this Twilight Princess fight is that fight that I had wanted since that, that video dropped at Space World. Yeah, yeah, this, it was just like such a, such an epic confrontation that, uh, it, this one always really, really stood out to me. Um, and like I said, you gotta give the devil its due. Twilight Princess does bosses fantastically. Yeah. Um, so fantastically, in fact, that we're gonna go to number seven. And we are going to talk about Stahl-Lord, who I actually had ranked a lot higher on my list. But maybe, Allison, I'll let you kick us off with Stahl-Lord. Okay. Um, I personally think Argorok is better than Stahl-Lord. <laughs> but I will give, give Stahl-Lord his due because it's definitely, like, I really like this word when I think of boss fights is imposing. Like, I feel... I feel like I'm being brought into this and it's kind of scary and this big looming monster is over me and I have to fight it. And so I also really like the spinner. It's one of my favorite items from the entire series. So you get to use that a lot in this fight. And um, I like that every time you do damage to it, more guys like pop up. And then towards the end, when you think you've killed it, he, you know, pops up and he's flying around shooting flames at you and you have to use the spinner to get up higher and then knock him in the head. And I just think that's, it's really fun, and he's creepy looking, and so it's a good boss fight overall. Yep, yep, it's, uh, you almost took the words out of my mouth. This one, I think, is like, you know, we said that goat was really fun, but I think that this one is, like, just as as fun, but also, like you said, kind of imposing and, like, menacing in a way where, like, um, you know, it, it adds a little bit extra flavor to that. Cause I, I, like, I don't personally feel goat is very imposing or menacing. I just think that's a fun boss fight. Yeah. And this is both where like, it's a blast just kind of like using, I mean, a lot of the credit goes to the spinner because it's such a fun item. And like, I just really enjoy like bing bonging and zip zapping around on that thing and like hitting little skeletons and jumping from side to side across the walls and stuff like that. Um, there's something just like so satisfying about scaling the walls of the of the pillar that you're on like finally you're high enough where like you can just launch yourself off and you just like smash stall lord right in the side of his face and then you know go to town on him once you're once you're at the bottom i think that this is just like it's so fun um it capped off what was one of the best dungeons i think in the series that uh i I think thematically too like it just he looks really cool like he's a big flying skeleton uh, this one really worked for me. I had this in my top five, actually, ranked quite high. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said. I think, like Goat, he is the like those two are the most fun. Like you said, like if you have the operative word, it's just fun uh, to just bounce around and you know, like ping pong your way through the the sand pit and then climb up uh, along the wall to chase him, just like you would in the Goat fight. Um, also, 
we got a shout out to the theme. Star Lord's uh, battle theme is the return of like the the dragon theme from from Ocarina of Time, um, or at least it has shades of it. And so it's just it's so good and epic. I just want to throw out there that I'll lose my marbles if we get the spinner in like Breath of the Wild too. I think that would be so cool. Can you just imagine that giant open world and finding ways to use the spinner? Yeah, that w- that would be so awesome. And you know, I I've heard a lot of people kind of dump on the spinner because they were like, "Oh, well, you don't use it otherwise eh. or like unless you're in the dungeon." I love it. Man, I just like don't agree with that. I think that like who cares if you don't use it on the overworld so much? Like this it was such a fun part of the dungeon. It was such a fun part of the boss fight. I really like the spinner, actually. I, I think it was a cool item, and uh, I, I don't know that it would ever make sense to bring it back, but I, I think that it would be fun if they did. Even if it was just for, like, a boss fight like this again. I think I think that it's, like, just a really fun item. Yeah, I so, think yeah, people would complain you. less if it was just a temporary item for just that, that dungeon. Um, because it pe- like, that's the thing. It's used peaks at the end of that dungeon. That boss fight is, like, the perfect way to use that thing and it uses it in so many creative and fun ways uh like i feel like if they just said okay it's time to put that away uh go continue your adventure i would have been completely satisfied yeah you know i feel like for me i'm just like i'm not super concerned about how like an item fits into the overworld as much um because like even the ball and chain from twilight princess like you don't really use it a whole lot. Like, yeah, you can break some ice with that later in, in Twilight Princess, but, like, it's not like it's integral to your journey by any means like that. But I feel like that's totally okay because it's, like, this item served its purpose in the boss fight. It and looks in cool. The dungeon. It looks cool, yeah, and it's fun to use. So, like, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather have an item like that than, like, get, uh, get like, the, the power bracelet from Link's Awakening two times that you use on the overworld everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I understand the complaint, but uh, I just, I guess I don't agree with it. Um, okay. Let's keep it going here. Let's, uh, let's go over to number six on our list from one dragon to another. We got Volvagia from Ocarina of Time. And I uh, have news for anybody that doesn't like Ocarina of Time here. Unfortunately, <laughs> that you're not going to like the next couple <laughs> entries on this list. Uh. Cause they, they are all from, uh, the N64 classic. So um, the boss of the Fire Temple is going to get us kicked off. What This is such a wicked fight. It's like so thematic. It's not actually very hard, but it just he looks so cool. It's such a wicked setting. I think that the Fire Temple is one of the most criminally underrated dungeons in the Zelda series. Yeah. Everybody talks about like the Forest Temple, the Spirit Temple, and rightfully so. But the Fire Temple, I feel like, is so good as well. And like, it just has this amazing boss fight to cap it off. The Megaton Hammer is awesome. You feel just like a total badass when you bonk Volvagia right on the head with that <laughs> thing. Uh, it, it just it looks so cool. You've got the, the boulders coming down. He's breathing fire at you. Great stuff. I love this fight. Yeah. I, 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 this one was like near the top of my list. I think it's the best boss fight in Ocarina of Time, and I know that's debatable, but uh, it is the most epic uh, the fact that it's kind of a multi-phase bite, uh, multi-phase fight, kind of uh, really sets it apart from the other ones. Um, I think that the fact I don't know, just something like putting my mind back in 1998 to see 
a dragon fly above you was so novel at the time. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in a, in a, in a game before, you know, like even in a final fantasy where you're fighting big monsters, it was kind of in a, th- a turn-based arena to actually see it real time flying above you. You have to dodge its fire attacks um, and dodge its boulders and all that stuff. It's just so freaking cool. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I actually, um, I always thought that he was really easy, but my last playthrough, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but I kept dying. I was just like, oh, what am I being hit with? Um, he's got some sneaky attacks in there, but I do really like him too. It's um, it's not my favorite, but I like the fire theme. I like that this uh, like scary dragon is like snaking around you and stuff, and he's got a really cool-looking face and stuff like that and the you write about the megaton hammer i always like hammer um weapons in zelda so that's always fun to go whack him on the head with it um i also really like the part where he like spirals up into the the, to the ceiling to drop a bunch of rocks on you which is kind of cool but yeah he's a pretty good epic fight um early on in ocarina of time and i like the way the game builds him up because like throughout the the you you go up to, to goron mountain and like all the Gorons are gone, and you, that you keep hearing about this threat of a dragon that's gonna gobble them all up. And then as you fight your way through the temple, you're releasing the Gorons, who are all fearful of this terrible dragon that's been brought back to life. And and you're like, oh man, like this dragon must be like very dangerous. And then Bad you get news, to the top, yeah. and you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah, I agree. You know what? Actually, something you said stuck out to me there, Al. One thing that I always thought was weird is like. This is such an incredible boss that it feels like it should have been, like almost like more important than in a in the fire temple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this should have been like the boss before Ganondorf or something like that. Where it always kind of stuck out to me that he was where he was. I agree with you. I think he's actually kind of easy, but he definitely does hit hard if you yeah. get up close to him. I remember doing the fire temple and like, um, I I looked down and I was at like I was at full health and then a couple. Like, a minute later, I was, like, almost dead, and I was like, whoa, what happened? Exactly. And uh, he, he de- he's deceivingly strong, but, yeah, I, I really like this boss, and um, I'm, I'm glad that, that he made it on this list as high as he did. Um, let's talk about another boss from Ocarina of Time, one that I had near the top of my list, actually. Twin Rova from the Spirit Temple. I love this fight. I think that, like, I, I like better when bosses are, like, characters generally speaking Mm -hmm. so i really like the fact that like twin rova are you know they're ganondorf's henchmen or henchwomen um they have a really cool like gimmick i think with like absorbing the elements on your shield and then shooting it back and when they and when they merge together i think that that looks really cool and imposing um i I just think it it kind of boils down to again the item that you have i think using the mirror shield is like really fun and uh you know it's, it's always cool like kind of dodging their big bursts of fire or ice. Um, I think that this boss really works for me. And, like, I always have a lot of fun whenever I get to this part, uh, this part in uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah, me too. I um, also had Twin Rover on my list. And I, I always look forward to this fight. Like, the Spirit Temple, for me, I know a lot of people really like it, but it's all just about the music for me. The, the getting there isn't as exciting. But I do really, really like this uh, fight. And she's been in um, other games, so I'm kind of hoping that she does make a return, or at least the sisters do, because you're right, I, I do like that they're a character. I like that they're 
um, characters in like Majora's Mask and that kind of thing and you get to know them a little bit more and that makes fighting them all the more fun instead of you know just a big monster that pops out of the ground um, but yeah the the whole elemental thing is pretty cool and you can accidentally F up and get the wrong one or get hit with ice and it'll, it'll screw you over so I, I just think it's challenging and a good fight um, that you know you say that uh Bovagia was would have been better at the end, but I feel like she's a good one at the end, right before Ganondorf. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yep. Um, I, I think the fact that they they the sisters have such a closeness to Ganondorf and they have such a very important role in the story, I think having them at the end, right before you go off and fight Ganon, makes a lot of sense. And I do agree. I think this is a very uh, creative boss fight. The, the one that uses the shield. Uh, the mirror shield in a way like I, I probably wouldn't have expected to use if, you know, like I was uh, going through the game on the first time, like putting myself back in the shoe, you know, my shoes when I was playing for the first time. Um, right. The only problem now is when I go back, I feel like it's a little finicky, like especially the first phase where both sisters are kind of shooting at you. It's hard to keep track of both of them. Um, the shield doesn't quite exactly point where I want it to all the time. And that's just my own personal opinion. But I do think it's a really great creative fight and one of the best in that game you know what i actually agree with you but for me that actually augments the fight where it's like um especially in the first section where you you finally you're reflecting the the fire or whatever and like it doesn't always go exactly where you want it to and like the sister doesn't always fly exactly where she needs to be and i'm kind of like well this is cool because it must be hard to control like fire or ice and like in you know this real life in hyrule or whatever right so that kind of augments it for me. Um, but I will say one thing that I actually I don't like about this fight is after it's done and they argue forever. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. do. I mean, if they just argued <laughs> for a little bit, it would have been fine. But it, it did oh. drag on a bit. It's It goes on for so long. You know what's worse, though, is uh, when you're playing Majora's Mask and you're in Ikana Castle and oh. the, the Iconic King's henchmen argue... Yeah. For an eternity. Just it's almost the same joke, too. Die. Yeah. Oh, it was just painful, <laughs> painful to sit through. But uh, let's keep it going. Let's move on to number four on our list. I actually left this off of my list. So, Rog, maybe you can take the uh, the frontier. Uh, Phantom Ganon from the forest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I almost put... I don't know, like, spoilers for the rest of the list here, but I almost put uh, the final Ganondorf fight um, on my list rather than Phantom Ganon because they're, they're functionally the same fight. You know, you're, you're, you're volleying, uh, uh, like, beams back and forth, and it, that's just a very iconic Zelda fight, you know? Like, I feel like when most people remember... Like, I remember getting, like, renting Ocarina of Time from the video store, and you would boot up the game and someone else's save would be on there. Someone who had just beat the game. So you just like, Oh, what's the final fight? Like, so you go do the final fight from this person's save and you're like, this fight is epic. So that's something that I always remember is that that final fight, like just volleying the beams back and forth. But Phantom Ganon is the exact same fight. Um, and I felt like the, it's, it's the same mechanically, but the thing to me that sets Phantom Ganon apart from Ganondorf is there's an extra phase with the horse, which I think is really cool, especially because the first time you see Ganondorf in the game, he's riding his, his black horse. So when you're fighting, you fight him on the horse first, and like there's just you know very otherworldly and kind of horrific, like he's coming in and out of paintings, and it's like he'll get the jump on you where he'll have like an imposter in one painting and he'll jump out of another one. 
and uh, that's a really fun phase. And then you do the 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 classic Ganondorf fight with with the beams. Uh, to me, that's a better fight than Ganondorf proper at the end. Woof. Okay. Okay. I. What about you, Al? <laughs> I wouldn't at all say that it's better than Ganondorf at the end, but. I understand what you're saying that like mechanically it's the same fight but for me they they feel completely different. Like this is this is you immediately just woke up from being asleep for 7 years. You're an adult all of a sudden. You're doing big boy dungeons now. And I know some people do different differing dungeons when they play Ocarina of Time, but most people do the Forest Temple first. And so you're fighting this, like, ghost Ganon, this guy that you know is really wicked and evil from your childhood. And it's just got this really, again, I'll use that word, imposing feeling. And it does have the bonus, like, phase with the horse. And it's cool to try and see and guess which painting he's going to come out of. Um, And I do like that portion. But you got the volley, and it's such short small quarters that it's a little it's it's pretty intense but i i think i'll talk about this later i think the ganondorf fight at the end is a lot better just because of atmosphere but i feel like as a starter um boss from when you're when you first become an adult it's like it's such a solid boss fight to have and it kind of gears you up for what's coming at the end yeah, you know, I, I kind of went the opposite way as you, Rod. I I thought about this fight, but then I was like, well, this is just kind of like the poor man's version of the final fight. So I didn't include it on mine. Although I, I like I do like the, the portrait aspect where you're, you know, you're trying to desperately see which painting Ganondorf is going to come through and you got to shoot him before he can get you. Um, and I like the aesthetic of the Forest Temple. That's my favorite dungeon ever. But uh, yeah, you know, I... I think that um, while the design is really cool, I would have preferred there be a more original boss for the Forest Temple. Or even, like, fight Phantom Ganon, but he fights a little bit differently than Ganondorf. Um, I mean, it, obviously it makes sense that, you know, they they fight the same way, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just kind of like... It's, it's, it's like one of these is butter and one of these is I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> and uh, I, I just want butter. You know what I mean? And I, so I, I, I agree like with you, butter. but I think the other one is butter. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, they they are so similar to me. It's like they can occupy the same space on the list. I, I, I don't fault you guys for putting one over the other. I just prefer yeah. this one because I honestly, I think this one is moodier. I like the, the – I like the, the – the arena that is fought in. I like how dark and gloomy it is. And it's very, uh, atmospheric where the other one yeah. is just more, uh, I don't know. Epic. I guess like, epic is a good thing, but it's not to me. It doesn't carry the same weight as like atmospheric in this sense. Um, well, let's just go ahead and talk about it. Number three in our list is Ganondorf from Ocarina of Time. Uh, when I made my list, I was talking about just the Ganondorf fight and not the Ganon fight. Um, I don't know if you guys separated that, but yeah, um, I, I, to me, I think that the Ganondorf fight is like just a masterclass in storytelling, and it's an awesome fight. Like the the way that the music rises as you climb the tower, the way that you begin the fight, um, just by seeing Ganondorf slowly like playing the organ, and he like he's very slow, very methodical. You, you kind of have all of these pieces come together. You have Zelda, you have Link, you have Ganondorf. They're, the pieces of their Triforce are reacting, 
And then you get to that battle finally. You have the volleys, but you also have, like, Ganon just two arms over his head. He's got the, the dark energy swirling at you. You've got pieces falling down around you. Um, you know, you can... You're jumping over, and I think we said a couple episodes ago on this show, but, like, even when your N64 would lag when you were jumping, it just felt awesome because it felt like you were in bullet time yeah. in slow motion <laughs> yeah. about to slice Ganondorf. I just think that it's, like... It's so incredible that, you know, obviously there's some Ocarina of Time bias for me involved in that because that was my, you know, that, that was like my reckoning with video games where I was just like, wow, this is like something else entirely. Um, so I, I think that that fight is just so special and um, it's just, it, it's got everything for me. Um, yeah, I 100% agree. This is like number three on my own personal list. Number three overall boss fight best ever yeah me too um it's just it's so good and it's probably one of the most iconic like we could say all we want about more uh, better boss fights but it's definitely the most iconic in my opinion of the entire series um you've got the music that's just swelling as you get closer to him you've got the the room and that that glass those glass windows that are like kind of rainbow colored and especially when they shatter at the end you have, you know, your friend that you've been traveling with this whole time who can't really help you because he's so powerful and he's so dark and she can't even get near him. And you've got Zelda looking on and that's like your incentive to to win, not only just, you know, saving Hyrule and being alive at the end, but, you know, you've got Zelda there that you're trying to save. And he's just, he's so, he's so powerful as a villain that Phantom Ganon from the forest temple just doesn't measure up in my opinion like yeah they fight the same but one is just more powerful and more evil in my opinion and it's just it's so it's such a good feeling in my chest to be fighting him <laughs> and something that does make yeah. him seem more powerful than any other boss in that game is the fact that his attacks will change the arena itself like the fact that his shock waves will cause the floor to fall like you don't see that anywhere else in the game so it makes him seem more powerful than everyone else. So that, that, that's pretty cool. I think it might be the best arena in, in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, totally. I, I think that it's like, to me, it, it was number three on my list as well. Um, but it's like, in terms of like a thematic, just boss fight, you, you don't get much better than that, I don't think. Um, but let's keep it going here. We have two left, and these two boss fights were on all three of our lists. So we did... We did not get together before we made this list, but we, uh, you know, we ended up with two of these on all of our lists. So let's get it started with number two. Maybe, you know, I feel bad calling it number two, actually, because to me, it's like one and one B. Like these could either one of them could have been number one for me. Yeah, that's fair. But let's let's pick one that I know that you're familiar with, Allison. Uh, let's talk about Kalaktos. Kalaktos this man take it away this is such a good fight i mean you can hate on skyward sword all you want but i don't think there's really any denying that kalaktos is an epic boss fight you've as a known skyward sword hater i agree yeah see (laughs) there you go it's just it's it's so he's like creepy first of all with this doll voice and um and then he's got these like huge sweeping attacks that he comes at you with you have to use an item that you don't really use in the Zelda series. I can't think of another instance where you have the whip in the Zelda series. Um, and 
like he's got this cage over his heart that you're supposed to be attacking and so you have to use like skyward strikes or his own weapons the atmosphere of being inside that like closed up lotus flower is super cool the music's great the uh, i just i can't get over i love fighting clocktus it's just one of my favorite portions to get to in fact when i play skyward sword like casually if i'm just playing it i'm like ah, i just want to play it sometimes i just get to that point and stop and i'm like i'm good like <laughs> this it's just <laughs> that good for me <laughs> it, it's incredible and like i feel like i feel like clocktus just like looks super cool yeah like the i mean the entire dungeon looks super cool but like I think that his design in particular, he's got like the six arms. They're all they're all doing something all the time. Uh, I think that it's really clever, and I and I love like it's such a little thing, but like Clocktos covers his weak spot yeah. with his two arms, and I just think that's like so clever, you know. And it's such a small thing, but it, it just makes me feel like okay, like this is a smart boss that obviously isn't going to give me an inch. Like I have to take it. I love using the whip and like dismantling him at the joints, and to me. Like, the, the funnest part about it was in, like, the... Kind of, like, the second phase where he's walking around. Like, I mean, first of all, he's got six swords, and they are going crazy. They're swinging at you. They're kind of, like... He's holding them, so he it's, like, this circle of blades around him. It looks awesome. Um, but, man, when you... Like, when you get one of his arms and destroy it and take his own sword against him, I always thought that that was just, like, so, so fun. It was so awesome. Um, that, yeah, I mean, this is, like... This is, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said that this is the best fight in the Zelda series for mm -hmm. sure. And if you were to ask me today, I still might make that argument. I'm not sure. But yeah, this, it's just, it's so fun. And I love that, you know, you, you use the weapons that you get in the dungeon, but you also use his weapons against him. It, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. This, this one was my number one. Um, I think. Like you guys talked about the other bosses being imposing, I feel like this one just look like the f this is to me one of the most impo imposing bosses, and I, I I think one it has something to do with how different he looks than everything else in the Zelda series and everything in Skyward Sword in particular. Like the the bosses in Skyward Sword, um, not not demise, not Gearheim, but the other ones just kind of look goofy to me. They look like like Muppets or something. <laughs> they look like Mario bosses that Fair more enough. more so than than Zelda bosses in my opinion. But this one just looks so freaking cool. This this you can just looking at a silhouette of it. If if you were looking at like just like its shadow, you'd be like, man, that thing looks scary, right? It's like big, yeah. pointy, six arms. Um, and like you said, Andy, the the fact that you have to use his own weapons against him makes him seem even more powerful because like even Link's equipment and Link's uh, prowess aren't enough to take him down on its own. You know, this guy's swords are so powerful that the only thing that can break its armor are those swords. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I like the fact that too, like um, this is, this is how I would have liked to see Gearheim used in this game, which we kind of talked about at the beginning when we were talking about fighting him, but like, so Gearheim is in the boss room and like he basically wills Cloctus to life and I think that that is a better use of Gearheim if you want to like have that interaction with him as a villain rather than like fighting him himself um I like that he kind of brought this monster to life I I just think that it looks like it just looks so cool and he's he's tough too because he like you have those swords just going crazy on you particularly when he's moving around um yeah this this is just uh 
this is a fantastic boss fight. Yeah, even in that first portion, it's kind of tough because you have to find that sweet spot of being close enough to him that he won't, like, sweep out and attack you or not being too far away from him that'll send those, like, rotating blades at you because those are a pain in the the keister to <laughs> to dodge so you have to find like the sweet spot that he won't attack you and he'll he'll do the attack that you need so that you can dismantle him so both phases in my opinion are so solid it's not just like oh let me get to fa through phase one to get to the more epic phase two they're both good yeah and the thing i think yeah. i appreciate also is that with its design like it has a ver it, it, it's very original compared yeah. to to everything else in the series like i think Honestly, you could say this about uh, Collectos and uh, our number one when we get to it, but it seems like they're drawing from inspirations that they weren't doing for the past 20 years, it seemed like, you know? Um, a lot of the bosses were just very Western or very, uh, like, high fantasy or something like that. This is, like, totally different. It has, like, this Buddhist feel or something, right? Like, yeah. this, this, this Asian feel. I was like, it's... I've never seen anything like it, and it makes me want the Zelda team to do that more, like draw from other, uh, like sources, other cultures. I, I feel like that's a big reason why, uh, the cistern just like sticks out to yeah. me so much as a dungeon as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. This was, this is really, it's one a and one B I feel like on our list, but, uh, let's get to one a no surprises here. If you were listening last week, uh, I said that Monk Maz Kashia was the best boss in the series, and I th I think I stick by that. I really do. Um, and maybe it's just because I haven't I haven't actually played Skyward Sword in a little while now. I keep on holding out for that uh, HD release, which doesn't seem to be on its way anytime soon. But yeah, I man, Monk Maz Kashia just it has it all. You know, we talked about it at length last week, but like. It's got it's got the setting, it's got the atmosphere, it's got the build up, it's got the music, and the fight is just absolutely bonkers. There's so much stuff going on. You make use of all of the skills that you have uh, accumulated during the game. Um, I, I just I think that this is like the pinnacle of Zelda boss fights, and it was so refreshing to see it in a game, Breath of the Wild, that I I don't think anybody would really say that boss fights are its strength, right? Right. Um, so it, it was refreshing to me to see, you know, that, that they still have it, that they can still do it, that they can still have these amazing bosses in this new open world setting. So it, it was a real like confidence booster almost to me in a way, but yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you want to hear us gush a little bit more about this fight, go listen to last week's episode at the very end. But I, I think I stand by, it. I think that Maz Kashia is probably the best boss fight in the series. Um, yeah. Rod, let's I since Andy and I have talked about it enough, I want to hear what you're what you're thinking about Maskashia. Uh, well, I think the only reason I didn't put it like at number 1 is because I feel like it didn't have the legacy yet. Honestly, like give it a few more years and a few more like uh a few more like th think pieces on how great the boss fight is. I'll probably be like, yeah, it's probably better than than everything else. I think the thing its presentation is just like none other like the fact that you're fighting in this arena like you know 200 feet in the air um the, it, it starts to rain and and uh this boss like one it's like a huge uh surprise because i i don't think i was uh anticipating fighting a monk the the same type of monk that you had been seeing uh throughout the whole 
game, you know, in, in every shrine, you see these guys, you think that they're just going to give, you think you walk up to him, you think he's going to gift you something which like the other ones. And all of a sudden he grows <laughs> into this giant and you're like, what the heck is this? And, yeah. uh, then it, the boss fight makes use of, it seems like every tool, a link's disposal, which to me is like what makes a great boss fight is one that has a lot of variety in it. Um, so, you know, everything he throws at you, um, can be countered by something in your inventory. Like when he throws the, the, like the balls or the spiked balls around and you can use your, your magnesis and, and diverting the lightning. Um, and then just taking him on, you know, you're like just slicing at his feet cause he's so dang big. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something about presentation and that theme music is fantastic. God, on God it's good. I, I think the I think the moment that really sold it to me is like when like you said so you're expecting Maz to give you something you've just you've completed the trials and maybe maybe you're thinking like I bet you that there's a hidden blight somewhere because there's been blights at the end of every other divine beast that I've been at right like this blight's going to come and steal whatever Maz is about to give me but the moment that monk Maz Kashia says I offer you this final trial and then the music starts and it's like, whoa, what is, what is happening here? And then you get transported up and you see that this is a pretty famous shop. Like you see Link and his back to you kind of close by. And then in the distance you see Monk Maskashia. She's got a, the arms right beside her. She's ready to go. Uh, man, it, it's just like, it's such a goosebump inducing moment to me. And like, I just, God, I, I just think that this fight is so great. There's so much going on. It's so crazy, but, um, yeah, it's just like, it's so, it's the perfect blend of, we've been talking about epic, and we've been talking about fun, and we've been talking about kind of utilizing the skills that we've learned. I think that this is like the perfect cocktail of all of that yeah, put together. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, it's funny, something that Rod said is like exactly what made me hesitate last week when Andy's like, I think this is the best boss fight of the entire series. And it's just because it hasn't been around that long. You know, it's like it's like a rookie going in in this coliseum of fantastic boss fights and and coming out on top. And now that we've been talking about it, I'm like, actually, you know what? It does come out on top because, as you said, it's it's like the perfect cocktail. And it's just I don't know. We talk about all those things that are criteria, the imposing, the music, the atmosphere, the arena, the boss itself just the whole epicness of it and you just have so much being thrown at you there's even a, a portion that's fun you can um treat Maz Kashia like one of the Yiga and throw bananas out there and it's kind of like this comedic moment in this like huge epic fight that just is like a cherry on top to me so so last week I was hesitant but I'm I'm no longer hesitant this is definitely like number one yes Yes, I love it. Uh, you know what? I want to throw out a term out there, and I don't know if this is going to be different from the word imposing, but the word that I think of when thinking about Maz is dangerous, Yeah, yeah. actually. Wild, almost. Um, it, like, manic, in a, in a sense. It kind of reminds me of Zant, but, like, a little bit more controlled, which which makes it a little bit more dangerous Scarier, to me. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that that quality is so... Like, it goes so far in a Zelda game. And and you can you can really only get that quality with like characters that you fight versus just like monsters and stuff like that. Yeah. But I I really love that element about this fight. It's it's just like it's so good. Um you get a pretty cool reward from it too. You get the the master cycle. So I mean that's kind of cool. But yeah, I mean really like 
I, I think that the thing about this fight for me it, what is what really sells it is it's like it's a bridging of the new and the old. Yeah. Where, you know, Breath of the Wild is obviously going to be the standard for Zelda going forward. And there were some things with that game that were disappointing. Like, you know, I, I think story, we can all agree. Music, I know that some people didn't necessarily love. And dungeons um, and, and boss fights in particular are some of the things that, you know, long-term Zelda fans were like, I'm a little bit disappointed with these aspects of, you know, what I like about Zelda games. And to me, Monk Mask Kashia just showed that, like, you know what, like, we can have this new style open world Zelda, but we can still bring it with bosses, and we can still bring it with final dungeons. And, like, you know what, all that stuff is still there, it's just going to be a little bit different now. So I think that this really encapsulates more than just a great fight. It is a great fight, but it also shows more, I think. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, it makes me want to see more bosses like it that have multiple phases where the boss like completely transforms like in a Phantom Ganon kind of way where the first phase is v- completely different, has to be approached differently than, than the phase two. If we had a monk fight that started the way it did and then like you, you, you have this long drawn out fight and then he transforms into something completely different, you're like, what the heck is this? And you have to adapt again. I feel like we could see that in the next game. I, yeah, I'll tell you. That'd be so good. I'll tell you this. Talking about all these boss fights and how they've kind of evolved over the years, and the new norm for Zelda that we know now, I'm just like I'm so hopeful that we get more character like villains in boss fights. That we get something just like completely bonkers crazy that we're not expecting if we're exploring new territories of Hyrule around in Breath of the Wild 2 or something if we have like a dark world and that kind of stuff because like it feels like all I've known for the last few years is the blights and they're fine they're, they have different elemental powers and stuff but they're just so you're just fighting this goop again and again I want to go back to where we were before where these like dragon heads are popping up out of the sand and stuff and we're fighting giant birds in the sky. I want to go back to that because it, like, just talking about it today is just making getting me all pumped up for that and bringing back the old with the new. I totally agree. Yep. There it is. Uh, and what better way to end than on that? Uh, let's run over this list for you one last time. Uh, our top 10 boss fights of the Zelda series, according to the Champions cast. We've got number 10, Vadi. Number 9, Goat. Number eight, Ganondorf from Twilight Princess. Number seven, Stallord. Number six, Volvagia. Number five, Twinrova. Number four, Phantom Ganon from Ocarina of Time. Number three, Ganondorf from Ocarina of Time. Number two, Kalakdos. And number one, Monk Maz Kashia. This was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you. Yeah, that was, it was a good talk. Uh, well, we hope that you guys enjoyed this talk that we had. Of course, we want to know what your top bosses in the Zelda series are. Let us know over on Discord and the Champions cast channel and uh that's gonna do it for us we're gonna get on out of here uh of course we want you to uh, to check us out over on twitter i am at spateri 316 allison is at allison alitha and rod is at rod the great uh or no, no rod, sorry, the master, rod the master bro. oh man I, 10 minus 10 points for oh, me well. go follow rod the great um, too he's probably a nice guy uh, yeah yeah, he's probably a good guy. He probably likes uh, Monk Maskashia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we want we want you to follow all of us over on Twitter, and of course, we want you to check us out over on uh, on Podbean and iTunes and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go like and subscribe to the Champions Cast. Tell a Zelda fan in your life 
where they can get their Zelda fix. And uh, make sure that you are tuning back next week because we are going to re be reviewing the, uh, the Symphony of the Mask DLC for Cadence of Hyrule, which I am very excited about. So until then, have a good week. Thank you.